Perhaps the most common question surrounding Norwich City in the last six months or so has been the involvement of that man behind us there, Mark Atanasio, and uh, I guess the newly created shares, which aren't that newly created now. They were created back in February. And the, the, the question that's been asked to, to myself, I'm sure you, Paddy, have had it a lot on Q&As as well, is what's happening? What, what's going to happen with these, uh, with these shares? Well, we're now in a position where we can talk you through it. This is a, I think we can call this an emergency edition of the Pinkin.com Norwich City podcast. I'm your host, Connor Southwell, joined by Paddy Davitt to chat everything share related from um, the news that Norwich City have just announced, um, which is surrounding the next stage of this man's involvement in the football club, which is about to intensify, um, which is why it explains a slightly ad hoc setting. Paddy, this is, this is really interesting, as we say. It's, it's a story that, that we broke initially, that we've kind of kept across ever since it's evolved in the last year or so. Um, just talk to us about the, the details, what is actually happening at this next stage of, uh, of events. Yeah, we'll probably need to do a little bit of backtracking, don't we, Connor? Because we are now in... Uh, oh, September, yeah, I'm losing track yeah. when this uh, news is confirmed we're recording, actually recording um, just towards the end of the transfer window um, but it's going back to February and the allotment process which was essentially um, shareholders asked to vote by proxy um, to allow some tweaks and changes to some of the amendments and the articles um, governing how the club are run and obviously the, the, the direct element of that was what it meant in terms of potentially the creation of this rather specific figure of 194,000 uh, shares and 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 who they were destined for I think we probably could all put two and two together given the backstory to that point and and obviously the prominence of the the chat behind us but um so so at that point there was an expectation that, as it did I think they were all voted through wasn't they um I think Delia and Michael as they were then the majority shareholders, I think their votes pretty much carried it anyway, irrespective of what the, the smallest shareholders in terms of actual volume of shares were going to vote on. So from that point, it has gone very quiet. And really, it was probably only, certainly publicly, and it was only Zoe Webber. We were there, uh, a North Radio Norfolk hosted fans forum before the start of the season uh, at the forum in Norwich, was asked about it and explained that essentially um, they were being, as a club, bound by, because they are a PLC, um, and we don't really want to get into too much technical jargon. And essentially, that's why we thought we'd do this today, to try and break down um, some of the documentation that's probably already landed on shareholders' doormats by now. Um, but essentially, that there were so many hurdles and procedures that they had to adhere to with these outside regulators, uh, for want of a better word, that that was essentially not in their hands in terms of when they moved to the next stage, which was where we are today, which is, you know, communicating with their shareholders that there will be another shareholder gathering um, with a, a vote. Um, and obviously, as I say, we'll, we'll get into it in due course, but essentially, in layman's terms, that process then will allow them essentially to ratify what was this, what was uh, agreed or, or in principle back in, in February with the allotment of those shares. It will almost facilitate the allotment of those shares going to Mark Atanasio and his family, um, which will then, um, as it stands at that point in terms of the shareholder mix, mean we have 40% for the Atanasio group, 40% for Delia and Michael, uh, and then 20% for the thousands of other collectively individual smallholders. So essentially it will signify the era 
or the end of the era of majority ownership. And that, that moving forward, and we'll get into a little bit more of the, the detail around it, what it means in the here and now, but also more importantly, maybe moving forward in the next two or three years and beyond. But essentially, it will mean that we now have two parties with equal ownership of shares of Norwich City Football Club, subject to, of course, this latest shareholder meeting um, in terms of a vote uh, going the way that the club would like it to go. Yeah, and that is the headline figure, really. We can no longer refer to uh, Norwich City as having a majority shareholder. They, they are now minority owned by, as, as Paddy says, two parties. That That is the headline figure. I think it's important we, we do a little bit of background because it's been a long period of time since uh, we broke this story to get to where we are now. So let's do that. And it was in it was September last year, wasn't it? Or, or around August, September last year, where uh, Mark Atanasio's involvement was formally confirmed by Norwich City after, I think we reported it in May, um, and it had started initially, I think the initial contact at the start of 2022, as it was then. Um, that's obviously progressed. He became a director. And um, yeah, let, let's take it up from there, Paddy, from, from the involvement of, of these new shares. And let's let's provide, let's fill in the colour, I guess, as to how we've got to this stage. So Mark Atanasio at this stage is a board member. He attends board meetings. He has a, a, a stakeholding in, in the club after purchasing shares from Michael Sh- uh, Folger and, and numerous others as well to push that up. He also has some some sort of C preference shares as well, which can be activated and, and turned into normal shares, uh, normal shares as I will call them, um, to put it very simply, uh, on the event of some trigger events and, and, and various aspects as well. So basically seven years down the line, they can be converted and, and it increases shareholding essentially. That's where we are at the moment. What are the events that has led to where we are now, where the football club has looked to create more shares for Mark Atanasio to purchase? Yeah, well, as you rightly say, Connor, there's, there's, there's background and there's background. And you've mapped out the original background that got us to the process that was then set in train in February of this year, which was the allotment of further shares. But as we understand it, at, at that point, so just prior to the February cycle, if we want to call it that, Mark Atanasio and his group had 22% of, of the shareholding, um, chiefly from the Folger uh, shareholder transaction, but there was also some other buy-ups. Then, as you rightly said, £10 million of C-preference shares were issued, which, upon certain trigger events, can convert to 10% of the ordinary shares. Again, we're, we're very loathe in this recording to get into the nuances of what a C preference share is. I mean, we've, we've been over that ground before you can find that out, but, but or ordinary shares and which ones have voting rights and which don't. I've still got a headache from writing yeah. about it. To me, so. <laughs> so essentially, he had 22% of the club's available shares at the start of this year, plus, of course, that £10 million worth of C preference, which obviously, if there was trigger events, could, could see him tip that up. But... The view, or, or the, or, or what, what moved then into the February cycle was essentially, as it's been explained to me, um, go back to the last set of published accounts that the club put out. Uh, it was very clear there that they were borrowing against future earnings, future revenue, be that um, tr- player trading or, or obviously the parachute payments and the broadcast revenue that they got from coming down the last time from the Premier League. So that was very clearly mapped out that situation um, internally. They, they, they feel you know that that isn't anything to be alarmed about. That that's just the natural process of trying to balance budgets as you sort of oscillate between Premier League finance and revenue streams and, and Championship, uh, which is a huge you know drop off as we know, in, particularly in terms of the broadcast revenue. So. As it's been explained to me, they were essentially um, looking at 
how they finance the club, the debts, obviously because of the world we're living in now with interest rates are getting higher, the debt repayments, higher interest rates. So they're looking to how they can bring in some money. Um, and they approached Mark Atanasio um, with regard to could they get access to some financing at maybe a cheaper rate to, to the rates they had on those those borrowings. As we know, his background is in financial yeah. and he's very successful at that as well, as we can tell. So I'm led to believe that... Uh, the Atanasio response was yes, very happy to explore that uh, and and ultimately help the club financially. Um, but he doesn't want to do it as a twenty two percent shareholder. Why would he? You know, again, that's a huge commitment. He would be looking to have something that represents that in terms of his shareholding mix. So from that point onwards, uh, they've moved forward. Um, Delia and Michael clearly a very important uh, part of this process. They're in agreement with that. But again, and and this is for me one of the key strands of this conversation that we're having, but also the documentation that's gone out and what this meeting is and what it's striving to achieve. There's there's no appetite yet uh, uh, for for there to be a transfer of ownership or transfer of control, be it from the Atanasio family or from Delia and Michael. That still is very much from what we're led to believe where it was when he first came on board, that it's... As Mark and his family have said, they don't really know the, the ins and outs of soccer, if we can use that terminology. Um, they wanted to learn the business. They wanted to learn about Norwich City as a club, about Norwich City as a community entity. Um, and they know fully that they, they have a lot to learn. So that And that, as we're led to believe, is still their viewpoint. It's still Delia and Michael are, are in a position where they they see themselves still as custodians of the club. They don't wish that to change dramatically uh, in terms of, you know, they, I don't know, hypothetically go and become life presidents or whatever and and relinquish themselves of their shareholding. That's not where this process is at the moment. Um, and as a result, with those negotiations moving in that direction, we are where we were in February, which was the creation of 194,000 shares. It is that figure because that is what brings them to parity, 40%, 40%. Um, so that's, that's why if anybody... W- was wondering either then or since why was it a hundred ninety four thousand yeah. shareholding figure? It's to allow them to move ahead in a lockstep process. But um, and this is what now brings it right up to date, and and the documentation that's gone out to shareholders, and and obviously a shareholder vote that is required is a a phrase which we're going to have to get into a little bit, uh, which is the takeover code, which yeah. relates to PLCs, um, and it's an independent body um, that oversees potential shifts in shareholding that may then re- require um, you know a potential shift in ownership because obviously you know from what I'm led to believe the takeover code applies once you get beyond 30% of a shareholding which in this instance if Mark Atanasio at the start of the year was on 22% and he was he was then to get those 194,000 ordinary shares, that takes to 40%, 40% is above the 30% threshold. So then, and this is, I think, the point Zoe Weber was getting at in the summer, it then moves a little bit out of the control of Norwich and the pace they want to go at um, to this independent body, which applies to all PLCs in this country, when a, a potential change in shareholder ownership, or shareholder mix, sorry, would take it above a 30% threshold, which is, in hypothetical terms, where we would get to with this. So that is essentially... What's brought us from the, the the process in February, through that process in February, and now to this process, um, and and obviously we'll get into a little bit more depth of you know why they need the vehicle of shareholders having to vote. 
Yeah, and, and where we will get into in a moment is the takeover code, because this is the element, as, as you say, where they've encountered plenty of, of red tape. And we've, we've yeah. spoken about this before on numerous broadcasts and numerous records. And I remember speaking about it the last, the last time that um, we, we spoke about Mark Atanasio and, and the, the shares and where it could go in the future. But to give you a little bit more detail, this, this is a, a code which, yeah, as it says, takeover code, it kicks in when, uh, as Paddy mapped out, a shareholder surpasses or hits 30%. Um, of a business and therefore they are then required to make a mandatory offer to every single shareholder so let's let's say uh, I wanted to move on 30% if Paddy had one share I would then have to make an offer at the same rate that I purchased the rest of the shares um, for his share so if you owed a share of of, I don't know two pounds and I bought a share for 20 pounds I would have to or sorry you had two shares and I bought um, shares for 20 pounds I'd essentially have to offer you 40 pounds for those two shares because that is that's the rate that they're going at so so this is where where it gets a little bit specific and why suddenly we we begin to encounter why the red tape has been so thick for Norwich City to to navigate so so just talk to us about this process Paddy and why the club are keen to avoid this process kicking in and, and, and why the general meeting, as we know, will include kind of um, regulations and various aspects to try and pass motions that will allow them to, to kind of bypass this. Because essentially it goes back to what I said in my earlier remarks, is that um, there is no desire from the Atanasio group at this stage, from Delia or Michael, for there to be a transfer of ownership in that regard. So... As you rightly said there, the takeover code mandates that they that he has to make an offer for the remaining shares. Um, but clearly he doesn't want to go down that path because he, he isn't looking to move beyond 40% threshold and, and mirror Delia and Michael at this stage. But but unfortunately, because the takeover code stipulates that there, there has to be an offer mandatorily made to shareholders, what the process is now is that from the club's point of view, is that they will put that to shareholders that you have to essentially waiver your right or agree to waiver your right to have a, a, an offer made for those shares, thereby allowing essentially Atanasio, Delia and Michael to move forward at the pace and, and kind of with the desire that they want to do in terms of continuing almost just to keep learning about each other and, and developing that relationship and then maybe further down the track we get to that point where it is, you know, a transfer of power. But for now, um, and it's worth stressing as well, because when this was explained to me, I'm I'm thinking in that scenario that you mapped out there hypothetically, I've got two shares. I'm in the money here. I'm yeah, getting, yeah, yeah. I, I can I can ch- I can off. I, I, get a I, new hat or something. <laughs> like that. I can yeah whatever yeah. I I can charge or I can I can say well yes, but you have to pay me X. Straight away, let's clarify that. No, what Mark Atanasio is obligated to do is make an offer at the highest price that he's paid for a share. And we're led to believe, and I think the documentation is there, um, publicly available at Companies House, I've been been told, but the most he's paid for a share is £25. So in that scenario, you said £40, but it'd be £50. And that applies to, apparently there's roughly 6,500 independent shareholders, i.e. not Delia, not Michael, not um, Mark Atanasio. So any of those shareholders, whatever you're, you know, whether it's one share, two shares, whatever, it's £25 per share is the maximum that Mark Atanasio is obligated to make you an offer for. Um, so essentially that's, nobody's going to get rich, uh, I would have thought, um, in terms of those independent Not unless you own a lot. Shareholders, <laughs> yeah, but I don't think they are, yeah. uh, you know, no, to, that, to that extent. Yeah. Um but it's out of the club's hands. They, they they have to comply with the requirements legally of the takeover code. 
And, and as a result, what they're seeking to do essentially is put, uh, put it to those shareholders, as they did with the allotment process earlier in the year, to vote on their right to waiver that offer, essentially. Uh, and that, if it's passed, um, which a club sincerely hope it will do, will allow then um, this kind of process to evolve at the pace that all the, the, the key parties in this, the Atanasios, Delia and Michael, would wish it to do. Um, if it wasn't to pass, then then they'd probably have to go back to the drawing board yeah. because, you know, essentially, to reiterate, Mark Atanasio is not willing at this stage to move to a position where he is the sole or, 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 the, or the biggest shareholder and... and really hands-on. We know, we know, we, we've heard it from Snowy, we've heard it from Stuart Webber at the end of last season. We know they are immersed in the club and um, and as we saw there, that picture behind us is taken from a recent away game at Southampton where they, they were there with their family. Um, he's regularly attending board meetings remotely. Um, and we're told having a pretty good presence in, in those as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I was told, uh, you know, the, 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 actually the interpersonal relationship with Stuart Webber is very good as well that after every game Stuart Webber and Mark Atanasio will will talk um, so 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 they're, they're fully immersed in it but at this stage to reiterate they don't wish to take the reins to use that term from Delia and Michael and I think it's, it's really important to map out this kind of takeover vote in a bit more detail because, as we said, it's, it's going to be put to, to shareholders. So I think it's important to kind of map out what, what this means. If, if I'm a shareholder walking into that into that meeting, because, as you say, if the was it February meeting February, last yeah. year was, was was slightly different in that, uh, you know, we, we were kind of expecting it to pass because Delia and Michael's yeah. vote, for example, had the, the majority sway. Yeah. So, so just explain to us why that necessarily won't be the case and why it is probably a little bit more reliant on, on individuals to vote the way they, they wish to vote. Yeah, that's a good point, Connor. Yeah, the, the reason being is that this vote, um, Delia's block of shares, Michael's block of shares, and Mark Atanasio's current block of shares, for, in terms of the vote process, they are deemed for to be... reasons. Yeah. They, are, they are deemed to be, I think, in concert was the phrase I was, I was, I was explained. Uh, that's the legal term. It basically means because it obviously relates to yeah. them, yeah. they have to take themselves out of the process. Um, Zoe Weber, she's a director. Tom Smith is a director. They're deemed as independent directors in this process. They can vote on this. But the, the three main um, individuals involved, and obviously their huge block of current shares, they cannot be part of this equation. So that's why it's imperative that that if it's going to pass it's going to be on on the on the independent shareholders to use that phrase you know the six and a half thousand or so smaller scale um shareholders and and that is a fundamental difference from the process in february because as you rightly said it carried really on the nod of delia and michael and and individual shareholders as well will be thinking okay this is this is fine they'll look they'll obviously listen to to what it means for the the club more widely what does it mean for their shares is there a situation where I don't know, they, they own a certain amount of shares and the value depreciates because of, of, of this vote? Is that, is that a process that, that could happen, would happen? We know a lot of people maybe don't have shares for the reason of making financial gain anyway, so yeah. I guess people would have to make their own minds up on that. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure in terms of whether it'll dilute their, their overall shareholding. I guess, and I'm coming at this from a very layman's perspective, but if you're injecting more shares into the overall mix, which they essentially are Ooh, with, yeah. with, with the 194,000 vehicle, then that probably does mean your the value of your actual nominal share goes down. But I wouldn't want to say definitively that is the case. But but the other point is more relevant, I think, and certainly from the club's perspective, I get that sense that there's also a belief, I think, that and Delia and Michael, you could you could never dispute that they've always felt that and they've talked about it. They're 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 the caretakers of the football club. They're not owners in that sense. They they're fans and they they want that fan ownership 
element, maybe not ownership's the right word, but that fan shareholder input. They believe in that. You know, we know, you know, Dida has spoken passionately about, you know, the direction of travel with a lot of English football and ownership and how it's moving ever further away from fans and you know, particularly now as well, increasingly at the Premier League level, overseas companies, overseas countries even. Um, and that's an anathema, clearly, to Adelia and Michael feel um, English football should be ran in terms of governance and, and ownership of football clubs. And and that fan element, they still want to retain that. Apparently, Mark Atanasio is f- fully um, behind that as well. He, he believes in that element as well, the, the vitality of having that shareholder presence from rank and file supporters, you know, one shareholder, two, two, two shareholder type operation. So I think that's a factor as well. You know, as much as this is obviously about manoeuvring, hopefully into the next phase of the relationship with Atanasio and the football club more broadly, um, they still do wish because they're passionate about that fan element in terms of, you know, a fan who's able to go to an AGM and have a say. And, and OK, it, you know, in terms of voting rights, it's not quite quite on the scale of a Adelia or a Michael or an Atanasio, but the theory is still there that you can go as a Norwich fan slash shareholder to an AGM and hold these people to account and ask questions and be kept informed, obviously, of what's happening in terms of the financial direction and, and the, the key decisions being made and the people who are making those decisions and hold that to account. That clearly, as we know, in a lot of other clubs now, certainly in the Premier League, isn't the case. And, and so I think they still want to retain that moving forward um, within within the direction of travel that they're hoping to progress this. Yes, and, and just to make the point as well, on, on that actual meeting, a, a couple of points. There'll be a minimum of, of three weeks' notice for the actual meeting when the documentation lands. It's worth highlighting that. And then there will be an external party used to obviously count and verify the votes for the reasons that, that um, Paddy outlined. So it will be a, a fair process, so to speak, in case there are any uh, undue concerns about that. So, so that's kind of the process and how we've got here. So I think it's worth looking to, to maybe what this means in, in the future, which is maybe the, the point that we've, we've missed out, Paddy. Um, just in, in, in terms of, of the mechanics of this, as, as we said, this will, if it passes, and, and we expect if it does pass for those um, those shares to be allotted pretty quickly because of obviously the, the long and lengthy process that, that this has been. Two-part question, really. I guess, A, do we know how much the, the overall cost for, for those, those shares um, is? And secondly, how will it affect the, the power relationships, I guess, at the top of Norwich City? How is this relationship between Mark Atanasio and Delia going to work? Because I think people are looking, in, in, and you said parity, which is a good word to use, both on 40%. How does that actually materialise? How does that actually function in terms of running the, the football club? It's a, well, yeah, two parts. First part, the financial element. Um, we're led to believe that the cost that, that has been committed from Mark Atanasio for those 194,000 shares is around about $6 million. Mm-hmm. Obviously dollars because that's his currency um, in terms of the accounting process. And what it would mean moving forward, that there is a really critical point to stress here um, because it's all right, okay, if you're a shareholder and you go to that meeting uh, either in person or, or via proxy and and waiver your right to that to that you know offer uh, and that that goes through on mass and then we have a situation beyond that where it is 40% 40% but the, it's the what next isn't it you know yeah. it's you yeah. know okay okay if you're a shareholder or a f- slash fan you can accept that they're not ready to maybe progress this um in terms of a, a transfer of power i keep using that phrase right here right now but what is the, the longer term roadmap almost and 
from what I'm led to believe, as I say, just to reiterate, we are recording this prior to um, you know that announcement being made and uh, the document landing on shareholders' doormats, and I'm led to believe it's a 28-page document packed with all sorts of legal jargon, which is why we, we felt we might be able to sort of... Um, Distill it, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> yeah well, yeah, we'll let them be the judge of that. But, yeah. but within that 28 pages... Um, as I understand it, that there will there will be some clarity around what next. You know, subject to this, obviously, hurdle being cleared. What does the, the what next look like? And apparently, um, there is a, there is a, a commitment from Mark Atanasio and his and his group that um, Delia and Michael would remain in control in the sense of the 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 the, the hand the hand on the tiller is theirs still um for a three-year period and that was backdated from january of this year so where are we so that's the start of 23 so for the next three years there is a guarantee from the atanasios which i believe will be in this 28 page document um, that's a, an obli- that's an obligation or that's an agreement that they've struck themselves uh, how does that well uh, well uh, from the mechanics of it is that he will essentially vote his shares uh, in lockstep with what Delia and Michael wish on, on on any given matter. And, of course, you have to make a distinction between the shareholder matters, which could be like appointing directors, selling the club, those kind of more broad brush strokes, as opposed to votes around a board table, which might be appointing a head coach, appointing a sporting director. So so there is a difference there. But in terms of the, the, the bigger picture um, uh, direction of travel, his votes, he will move those with Delia and Michael, whatever they wish, for uh, for this next three year period, irrespective of of subject as, as well, irrespective, yeah. yep. Okay. Um, because again, to reiterate, he doesn't wish to be in control at this point. Um, he he wants for that financial commitment to have obviously an increased shareholding, and why why wouldn't you? I think that's understandable. But but with that, he doesn't want to then be calling the shots essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on the board point, though, it is worth uh, referencing that. It, because he'll go above thirty percent. My understanding is that he will get another seat on the board. He okay. will be able to put another person, whether it's a family member or a business partner, onto the board. So he would have essentially um, a double presence on the board. But but to reiterate, boardroom votes are for matters of a head coach or a you know footballing personnel appointments kind of thing. That the actual direction of travel of the football club and and um, and all that goes with it that they they are distinct they are shareholder matters and, and and to reiterate for the for the three years starting from last january because obviously this process began at the start of the year essentially uh, he would vote in lockstep with delia and michael so i think that in itself that's probably more the practice i mean it's all right saying no they, they're on the same page and they'll move forward together but that actually gives some pl- practical clarity to what that means in 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 in, in terms of day to day for the, well the shorter term and maybe even into a little bit of the midterm. Yeah, and I, and I guess for Delia and Michael, it's a, a reassurance, isn't it, that uh, he's he's not going to get forty percent and suddenly throw weight around. Not 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 that he would necessarily, but yeah. I guess there is that 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 maybe that that fear, um, which is again really really interesting that that you've 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 kind of mapped that out. What does what does this mean? So we've got to a stage where. Uh, there's parity where Mark Atanasio is, is going to vote in lockstep with with Delia and Michael on on those issues that you mapped out. Um, not necessarily around the board table, but in terms of maybe the motions that you see at AGMs primarily. Yeah. That kind of thing is, is is what we're talking about. What what does this mean for him in 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 the future? Because we've probably gone from if if this was if you were to sort of narrow this down into phases, we probably transitioned from phase one into phase two. Um, 
where do you feel that the next phase is? Have we got a possibility, because this is what people will be knowing, you've used the word transfer of power. Have we got the possibility where there is a transfer of power at some point? Is there a clear roadmap in terms of the next phase kicking in and Mark Atanasio becoming the the primary sort of owner of, of, of Norwich City Football Club? What, what do you make of, of that being the, the kind of next step? Well, I mean... You know, you look at it and, and actually go back to the, the, the trigger events process, which was around the creation of those C preference shares in, in the first phase of this developing relationship. And, and there was a seven-year timescale yeah. put on that. Um, now we're talking in terms of three years, and we're probably halfway through that three-year process in terms of the shareholder um, cooperation, collaboration. So, you know, for me, there's quite clearly a timeline. I don't think it's been sketched in that, that you know, on a certain date in a certain year, Mark Atanasio will be taking control. Reason, yeah, yeah and, and, and Delia and Michael will, you know, probably depart to a... I keep saying life president. That's just me purely hypothetically blue sky finger. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, uh, a more ceremonial presence. Which is what we've club. seen at other football clubs. Yeah, so I don't exactly. Think, you know, you're just, no. Yeah. Um, so, no, I don't think there's a, there's a date in mind. But, I mean, you take a step back and, and you look at this in the round and we've gone from dipping a toe in the water and, and, um, and coming on the board and buying up some shares to now pretty much doubling the shareholder uh, pots that he's got if this goes through successfully um, with those C-preference shares in the background as well. Um, and, and, it's, and it's the financial commitment. Again, it's another... You know, six million dollars worth of investment um, on top of what he's you know he's already put into the club. In so in to- on top of then what he paid for his Fol- Folger shares and, and those other little smaller share buy ups. You know, it very clearly signals that him and his family are are in it for the longer term. And and now I just go back to the parallels, which are obvious to draw. But it, his involvement with the Brewers, what's that now? Nineteen years and counting. Um, so many parallels between how he initially moved yeah. into the Brewers, that, that they were family-owned, I think, and he worked very closely with that family. And then eventually, that you know, there was a there was a very orderly transfer of power. Um, and he's still there now, him and his family, nearly two decades on. So I'm not saying, you know, it's going to be 20 years worth of Atanasio involvement at Norwich, but but I think you only have to look at how he's... How he's developed his his influence and his his ownership um reach at the brewers um and now look at the same steps happening with norwich to know that it's very clear that you know as as he said himself and his family have said you know they've almost got the bug now haven't they they they, they it's something probably more for for the family that they can get into and involve themselves and immerse themselves in it's not a hard-headed pragmatic business decision i don't think to get involved with certainly an english football club um, given the challenges to you know particularly outside of the premier league and the financial disparities but that it's under their skin it clearly is you know because we wouldn't be getting to this point now and it is only really I mean, as you said, it was May May twenty two, was it, when they came out of the Premier so, League, yeah. um, and we're August twenty three now. So in a little over twelve months, and it would have even been quicker if they hadn't had to obviously go down the the legal route with the takeover mm-hmm. code. Um, so in very short order, he's gone from zero shares to potentially forty percent. That tells you how committed he is. So, um, but it is worth stressing that you know. I, I, I don't think this is a this is anything happening in the next twelve to eighteen months for me. It's very clear. Well, that's, that's something I was going to yeah, ask very because we've, we've mentioned about uh, the the kind of voting in in lockstep and that agreement that they have. Is is there anything within that agreement that would prevent that from happening in in, in that in that similar time frame? Is is there anything written in about that? 
written, I don't know. Um, but but for me, it, you know, it's quite clear that, you know, the Delia, Michael, Mark Atanasio relationship is one that is rooted in a lot of mutual respect and, and understanding of both parties. You know, even the picture behind us, that game there, Southampton, I'm led to believe that was on the, the Saturday, Friday night. Uh, he's he's meeting Delia and Michael for dinner. Um, so, you know, they, they have an, they have a personal relationship. They now have a, a professional relationship. And, and I, I, I would think it will it will change at the point when all parties are in agreement yeah. that it's the right time to change. I, I don't think quite clearly, you know, by the commitments that Mark Atanasio is is making in this in this latest cycle. You know, there's no desire to to aggressively edge Delia and Michael aside. Quite clearly, that isn't the case. So, I, if that I, was the case, quite frankly, it probably wouldn't wouldn't happen. Right? No, They'd be met with more resistance. Of course, so. it would. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, the fact that Delia and Michael are fully behind this process at every stage that tells you they're very comfortable at the the rate of pace that this is moving along with. And um, but who knows? You know, I, I mean, we're sat here after a very positive championship start, and 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 it all feels good and optimistic, but. If we're still here next summer in the championship, um, then you know the, the financial implications of that will come clear. And you know, at that point, then does it become imperative? You know, as I say, I keep going back to the first early remarks about the the last set of published accounts. They mapped out quite clearly. There are some serious financial challenges now. That would only be magnified if it's another season in the championship. So I guess the the financial backdrop may dictate how quickly this moves from here, but. But to reiterate, in the here and now, this is a very collaborative process still and will remain so for the foreseeable future. Yeah, let's uh, let's end then by kind of recapping everything that we've, we've spoken about in the last uh, 33 minutes or so, um, because I think that's that's really important. I can see you've got a list of key points, which is uh, which is going to be really helpful. Um but as we said, this this is a process that was kickstarted by Norwich, and I think that's worth to reiterate. It was yeah. it was the club who approached Mark Atanasio surrounding some finance financial help, I, I guess, at a better rate than maybe they would have got it at, at banks. It's a very difficult time to go and seek that at the moment. Like you said, they've they've already got uh, loans out on future earnings, the the cost of living crisis, and and everything else, and uh, everything. In, in, in the world it seems in the world but certainly in this country increasing as well the interest rates have, have gone north and, and so this was a better way of financing that Mark Atanasio said yes uh, but I'll have some more shares hence to the, the, the club creating the shares and creating this kind of financing route which it is essentially and so uh, as we discussed at the time a really um, I guess it's, this is slightly different for the club because the 22% from Folger and other shareholders they were transactions between the two parties Private. weren't they yeah, yeah. this is actually a, a cash injection into the into to the club's coffers and is immediate in that in that sense as well. So it benefits the club directly, whereas before it was it was individual. So that's 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 kind of how this came about. Um, Norwich, obviously, the process has taken so long because of the takeover code, which we mentioned. Which um, because Mark Asanasio will be on forty percent, this takes him above the thirty percent threshold um, that would basically mandate him to make an offer to all other shareholders at the rate or at the highest rate that he's paid for a share, which uh, as we've said is around and about twenty five pounds. Um, so shareholders will be to a general meeting to vote on that and, and pass a motion that basically enables them not to do that and for this to be to, to be passed um, regardless. And then that probably brings us up to a point with some of the key things that, that, that you were going to talk about, Paddy, just to end, just the, the, the headline kind of notes and, and figures on this um, as well, just to, to round off and recap the debate so everyone kind of leaves knowing exactly where they're at. Yeah, well, I mean, point probably we do need to draw out because um, it is a relevant one, is that, you know the club would love 
as as I understand it, to be able to communicate maybe in, in less formal legal jargon. Um, and they actually explored that with the with the with the caseworkers that are, are are involved in terms of the takeover code. And that isn't an option to them. That's why that twenty eight page document, as I'm told it will be, uh, that drops is very heavily um legal jargon about the intricacies from a a, 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 a regulatory process. So so that's the first point that that because they're not able to do that you know we've been able to maybe add a little bit more of a nuance to to that documentation but essentially i mean just to add the point that you've made there connor that 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 is very much where the club would like to take this process but in order to do that they clearly need shareholders um to to waiver their right to that mandatory offer um because if they don't then obviously then the alternative is that you know they they can't progress down the path they wanted to do, which was forty percent, forty percent. Presumably those shares wouldn't then be allotted, and they'd have to go back to the drawing board and obviously speak again to Mark Atanasio and Delia and Michael and try and work out another way of doing that. Um, but if that process does go through, as they hope it will do, um, for the reasons we've outlined, then I guess it, it does give a bit more clarity to to the future direction of travel of the football club and and the fact that it will be forty percent, forty percent. 20% of the remaining shareholders um, with those commitments and those guarantees from Mark Atanasio and his group that for the next two and a half years, um, at least, they will vote in lockstep with Delia and Michael on any shareholder-related matters. Um, but obviously, you know, clearly, as we discussed in the previous section, um, there, there, does inevitable, there is an inevitability, I think, um, just looking at all the elements in this current cycle that we will be moving at some yeah. point in the future to potentially Mark Atanasio taking another step forward, Dealer and Michael taking a step back and, and then, you know, we're into a different phase again. But but in the here and now, where we're at today, um, is that shareholders are being asked to essentially facilitate the next stage as the club would like it to progress, um, as they've mapped it out, as they as they try to, you know, create a vehicle in terms of the shareholder mix. Um, but at a pace that is with Delia, Michael, and Mark, um, you know, in 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 very very um, an agreeable kind of uh, pace to that. So, you know, that's essentially where we are. As the uh, and and it is has been quite a frustrating wait inevitably. But um, maybe there's a bit more of an understanding now that you know a lot of that really was out of the club's yeah. um, control. Um, but I think what would happen subject to that general meeting um, returning the result that, that they would hope is that that allocation will happen very swiftly off the back of that and then we are then into that next phase of you know no longer uh, a majority owned club which is quite a seismic change given that Michael and Delia uh, for the 20 years or so they've been in charge have been in charge in terms of uh, owning the football club with obviously the caveat that they kind of balk at that phrase they don't like to be seen as as owners in that sense um rather caretakers and custodians with fan representation. And that, to, to, as a last point, is is something that they still believe passionately in, as does Mark Atanasio, and they wish that to continue moving forward. And and you can see that, I guess, in the sense that for this to move forward, it needs those individual shareholders, the 6,500 or so, to be in agreement um, and to move forward together with the football club. 
yes, and they just need a, a simple majority for it to pass as well. So um, that is where we are. Hopefully the last 40 minutes or so has been useful and we haven't spoken in complete jargon that you don't understand what's going on. We've, we've tried to make it as simplistic and as clear as we can, but this is in essence the next stage of the process in terms of Mark Atanasio's involvement in the football club. Thank you very much for watching. Thank you very much for listening. If you have any comments off the back of this, go feel free to get in touch with us. Feel free to comment under the, the, the YouTube video. We will try and answer them if we can and if we have the capability to, which may be more the point, but um, we'll do our best. There'll be plenty, obviously, of written stuff around this as well, which will maybe map it out uh, if, you, if, you're, you know, if you work it a little bit easier in terms of taking information in that way as well. So hopefully that's been useful. Thank you to Paddy. Thank you all you guys for watching and listening. And uh, yeah, it's a seismic day for Norwich City Football Club.